This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by HowToMarketYourPlugin.com, a framework for the sleep-deprived developer. If you ask yourself, how do I get more downloads for my plugin? What about more sales? Should I do this lifetime license thing? You need to pick up the book, How to Market Your Plugin, over at HowToMarketYourPlugin.com. Programming is about computer behavior. Marketing is about human behavior. Fortunately for us, both are fairly predictable, and you can learn more inside the book howtomarketyourplugin.com. This book will help you market while you're building your plugin instead of treating your marketing as a last resort. I can't tell you how many times, how many interviews I've had where the developer has just fallen upon luck and chance that they have a business in front of them. People are downloading their plugin, people are buying their plugin, but they hit a certain point of plateau where they need to scale, they need to get the word out there. And this book will help you do it. Check it out at howtomarketyourplugin.com. Thanks for supporting the show. This episode is also brought to you by MediaRon.com. MediaRon.com. Ronald Eureka, he's back. He creates WordPress plugins. In fact, one of his plugins I was searching for the other day, totally forgot that he made it, called Highlight and Share. He creates a Highlight and Share plugin. You can highlight sections of text and share them with your network right on your WordPress website. Event tracking for Gravity Forms, simple comment editing, and custom query blocks. I'm going to click into the event tracking for Gravity Forms. Of course, you'll need Gravity Forms, but you can download event tracking for free right from either his website, mediaron.com, or search for it on wordpress.org. It's got 30,000 plus active installs. Well, at the time of this recording, it was it was updated a week ago. But if you're looking to connect Google Analytics, Google Tag Managers to your Gravity Forms, well, to do event trackings, this plugin will do the trick. Check out mediaron.com for more of his plugins. Reach out to Ronald Eureka if you have any other questions about building a WordPress plugin for yourself. Thanks for supporting the show. Probably just like you, the exploration for the secret ingredient to running a successful business is a tricky one. Speaking for myself, I can tell you that I'm constantly trying to learn and dissect what some of the most successful brands are doing in my space. How did she do it? What does the website look like? Productized service or digital product? Smash that like button on a secret formula to generate $5 million in Facebook ad sales. And all of this with our blinders on. Sometimes the real secret is just staying in the game. Today's guest first joined us eight years ago, right when he and his wife were making the transition to full-time product sales, leaving custom client work behind. Now Paid Memberships Pro has over 100,000 active installs, according to the WordPress.org directory, and his business is getting a lot more focused on doing what works. Has Jason considered converting Paid Memberships Pro into a hosted solution? What about outside acquisition? You'll have to listen to the episode to find out. You're listening to The Matt Report, a podcast for the resilient digital business builder. Subscribe to the newsletter at mattreport.com slash subscribe or follow the podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Better yet, share this episode on your social media. We'd love more listeners around here. Okay, let's get into today's episode with Jason. Hey, Jason, welcome to the program. Hey, it's great to be here. I'm a big fan, a big listener, <laughs> and it's good to just get to chat with you again. Um, I'm going to do this we, every couple of weeks. Like there's a thunderstorm we today and I'm going to, you know, the thunderstorm is going to cancel this one too. And I'll have to reschedule <laughs> for next week. <laughs> so I last had you on eight years ago when you were one of the founding interviewees of the Matt Report podcast. A lot has changed and a lot hasn't changed uh, for Paid Memberships Pro and your business uh, and for WordPress. Chris Lemma re recently wrote a post about uh, the future success of WordPress, which we'll get into in a little bit, and sort of how he sees 
hosts playing a role in the adoption of WordPress, uh, streamlining WordPress onboarding, even specific flavors of, let's say, membership sites, e-commerce sites, that kind of thing. But go back in your time machine and let me know, where were you mentally eight years ago with the business and when we first interviewed? Yeah. Um, so that, that would have been 2013, which would have been a couple years after Paid Memberships Pro launched. And at that point, PM Pro was really a loss leader for our consulting business. So it was mostly just Kim and I, and we had a couple contractors, um, you know, who helped out with random things. But we, you know, we had a membership plugin for WordPress and we parlayed that into, you know, ten to thirty thousand dollar, you know, gigs installing WordPress for membership sites and things like that. Um, and we were we were doing that transition of like, hey, how do we transition from a consulting company to a, a products company? We were just starting that around 2013 and and also like figuring out our first hire. I remember how hard like the first hire was. Um <clears throat> And now it's kind of like, you know, we're hiring all the time. It's like, it has to be a process where we're constantly like, we have relatively low churn of employees and we've been like grateful for that. But even that, like just growing and, you know, people go occasionally that, you know, we have to, it's a process now, like hiring people is a process. It was like a huge deal. The biggest thing of the year, <laughs> you know, in 2013 and now it's just another process. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the most uh, popular free membership plugins that are out there. I know there's a lot of plugins out there that sort of skate by <clears throat> semi membership, you know, they're doing like login and access control, but certainly yeah. not to the, the degree of integration add ons support general reach that you have. Yeah. Uh, memberships, a hot space. Uh, when we've yeah. chatted a little while ago, I was curious of how do you, competitively make the distinction between membership, LMS, like how do you fit yourself yeah. in the market so that you get the right customers and not the wrong ones? So you're arguably the most popular free memberships plugin. Um, you know, and there's some other plugins out there that are sort of like a third degree from a membership, like they do user profiles and they're also a membership, but a pure membership platform play, that is you. How do you make the distinction amongst the third-party competitors, the ones that are kind of, sort of a membership plugin, and those of like an LMS, like a Lifter LMS, a full-fledged learning management system, where do you make the distinction with your marketing and your messaging? Yeah, so <clears throat> there's a ton of competition. And I remember one of our first uh, kind of big web ventures for Kim and I was a wine website, like a wine tracking website. And that was another kind of niche that like every week there was a new competitor and people are like, what about this one? What about this one? You're like, it's just part of business. <laughs> like they're here. <laughs> um, and I feel like membership plugins are the same way. And maybe that's just because it's what I'm focused on. Any business is the same. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of membership plugins and they specialize. We like to call our homepage. We'll say that, you know, we're the most complete membership solution for WordPress. Um, and we really focus on members as like the core unit. And so you mentioned like LMS plugins, we integrate with LMS plugins um, you know, a lot of people who run membership sites want to also have courses. A lot of people who run course sites also want to have memberships. And so when we're talking to like a prospective user and trying to figure out if our solution is good for them, you know, we like to ask them like, what's the focal point of your business? Like if it's the members are the focal point of your business, like you're an association or <clears throat> just, you know, in your mind, you think about your members as like the important component. And then how do I sell them things? And how do I give them lessons? Like you might want to start with paid memberships pro as like the center component of your website and use like our courses add on 
or use an LMS that integrates with ours, you know, but focus on PM Pro. And similarly, if you start with like a course and you really care about all the features that they have, like quizzes and progress and, um, you know, certificates and all the things that they do really well, like that's the most important part. And you really just want to charge monthly for access to that. You could probably get by just using their membership add-on. Um, and there, there's so many different ways to like build these things. I really feel like that's our job is to like find ways to cut through all the options for the customer. Cause it's like overwhelming. They're overwhelmed with options and they just like, just mm. tell me what I'm supposed to use. And we'd like to be the default choice, but you know, sometimes other solutions are, are better than ours in cases. So it's really like a conversation has to happen to figure that out. It seems like balancing being like the core engine, I'll call it, I'll call it the engine of a membership for somebody's WordPress website it's a fine balance to say that we're the engine, but you can also use Lifter or you can use our add-ons. Maybe you can even use another membership plugin if somebody's crazy enough. So how do you balance that uh, that messaging to say, look, we can act as the core component, almost like the routing of the commerce section, maybe even the permissions and access uh, section of your membership site? Man, it's tough. Like, Because we... Early on, so like 2013, we would have been just getting into it. We had a plan called like Do It For Me. Uh, so we offered for like $500 at the time, like, hey, we'll install Paid Memberships Pro for you and do like a little bit of coding. And a lot of those little bit of codings were kind of these add-ons that we've developed. Like, oh, integrate with, you know, an event plug and integrate with BB Press. Um, and so we, we built this footprint of integrations that kind of worked if a developer would wire it up for them. And the most popular ones were like, well, everyone keeps asking about this and they say it's complicated. They don't know how to code. So we try to make it easier. <clears throat> and so, we, yeah, we kind of have that process of like, it's a platform. WordPress can do anything. Let's kind of have a gist that does it. Then when the gist becomes popular, let's kind of streamline it into a plugin that still has some potentially like settings or needs a developer to set up. And then let's try to streamline it into, you know, something more user friendly because as you go up that scale, like it definitely becomes more and more to, to develop and maintain and support. Um, and we, we had add-ons like our MailChimp add-on early on was like more fully featured than the general MailChimp add-ons that were out at the time. And we were like, hey, let's build this in a way that you could use it even without paid memberships pro. But we didn't really market it that way. Um, but then it was kind of like, so we see this again and again, like people will build a plugin that's like one of our add-ons, but in a general way. And I was like, it was as much work to build it for PM Pro in a sense. And now I'm... I'm you know, uh, not giving them credit for everything they have to do. And all the MailChimp solutions are kind of, you know, have surpassed our add-on now. But at a time, it was like, oh, like, we could... So it's tempting to like, oh, we should just start an LMS business because our little, you know, courseware plugin is pretty close to what they do. But we're kind of finding our space where, like, for the courses plugin that we built, we built... It's launching soon, and it's... um, You know, we tell people who want a course, like, maybe you don't need a plugin. Maybe it's just a PDF or a page with content or a video... Like if your course is pretty straightforward, you don't have to complicate it. But the the plugin that we have will just add CPTs for like the basic structure of a course and a lesson and have a little bit of kind of progress tracking. And we felt like that's the bare minimum and we don't want to get into anything else. So if you want anything more than that, that same plugin will just integrate with LearnDash, Lifter, um, LearnPress, and like the most popular LMS plugins. And that way we have kind of one plugin to maintain integration with all those LMS plugins instead of like a bunch of different integrations one off with each one. So we're hoping that's easier to maintain. I'm just going to speak as a product maker and owner 
in a very small scale compared to what you're doing. But going back to my days with a conductor, I know one of the challenges is when you try to stay lightweight and you try to have like this modular approach, like you can get into LMS, but that's another add-on. The add-ons and extending your core product can be another tricky thing because you have, well, you have customers that request add-ons. Hey, it'd be great if we worked with MailChimp, ConvertKit, Salesforce, like all these other add-ons that that customers are requesting. So you start looking at that as market opportunity. And then you have the ones that you build and like, oh, wouldn't it be great to, again, have that LMS section. Um, Is there a process that you work with internally to rein that in? Because I know from building Conductor, Creating add-ons is, uh, is like, it's another micro product that you have to support and sustain and look long-term. For example, when we were building Conductor, we were building out Genesis templates um, before it became StudioPress. <laughs> so it was one of those things where it was, before you know it, it was like six months to a year to two years. And you're like, oh God, like this add-on hasn't been touched it's no longer really doing what it was supposed to be doing but we don't really have that many people using it uh do you have a balance to that is there a way to work through that methodically yeah um we try i don't know yeah it's a challenge i don't know if we handle it well a couple things that we do differently that maybe some other companies are coming around to as well um but definitely like we have one big bundle um like one price for everything and so we don't have a marketplace. Like we have more, there are third-party plugins, but they're like outside, you know, we don't have a marketplace where we sell the third-party plugins, which is a good thing and a bad thing. So like it's bad in the sense that having a marketplace really does encourage developers to get involved because they're going to get paid. And I remember back in the day of like, I made a Jigoshop plugin uh, for Braintree integration. And I think it sold like one copy per month, but like it just the fact that there was a marketplace encouraged me to kind of like generalize it and push it out there. Whereas I wouldn't have done that otherwise. So it encourages involvement, but what happens then is it's really hard to manage all these different people. You don't really have control over the add-ons that are important. And we saw companies like EDD uh, and WooCommerce did this too, where they bought up a bunch of the most popular ones to kind of bring them in house. So we started with that. We were like, Hey, we kind of guess if it's important to us and we, we bring it in house um, and we just try to like tell the developer community, like, oh, we're working on a courses plugin. You probably shouldn't. Or like, you know, if you want to help, this is what it looks like. It's all open source. Um, the other thing we do with that with integrations is I always try to make those plugins available for free and in the .org repository. So our rule of thumb is if it's an integration with another service or a plugin, we're not going to charge for it. We're going to make it free in .org. And that incentivizes like both us and the other party to kind of maintain the plugin, the integration plugin, because sometimes it's awkward. Like if they're selling it for $50, but like, you know, you're not. And so you're like, wait, why am I helping to maintain like the thing you make money on, but I don't, or like it's open source. So I could take your code. Or if I really feel like you're not doing it well, I'm going to make my own version. And so that's awkward when like, you know, whose plugin do you buy ours or theirs, or it doesn't encourage us to work together. Whereas like upfront and what, you know, when I reach out to integration partners, I'm like, Hey, we're going to make it free. We're going to make in.org. And the business model is not to sell this integration. It's, you know, to support both our platforms. And in some ways that's leaving money on the table because it's a little bit opposite <clears throat> of how the market has been, you know, how things have been in the past or what they expect. And it feels kind of right where if you're like, hey, I don't use MailChimp, I use ConvertKit. So I'll just buy the ConvertKit one. You know, I don't have, instead of like, I'll pay $300 and I get all of them, but I only need one, one of the add-ons. So, um, 
or I, guess, I mean, if it's free, it's free, but like, so like people are kind of trained to pay. There's, it's, it's such a great value if they're like, Hey, for $50, I solve exactly the problem you have. Like that, like that business transaction is so much better than kind of like supporting the platform and all the crazy things you might do. <laughs> you know? Right. So it's, so we give up the opportunity to sell something like really direct to just say, but it, it's better for the end user and that, you know, we may, we're, the incentives are in alignment for everyone to maintain that integration, you know? Yeah. And that's most important. We feel like if the software level is good, like the business will work its way out. So I'll pull from the hint of Chris Lemon's article and I'll, I'll have that linked up in the show notes. But what is your opinion on web hosts being in the perfect position to, well, not only own the customer, but be able to own the experience? So if they own a web hosting customer who maybe is not even using WordPress right now, they say, oh, okay, I've got this static site, I've got this other thing that I'm using. Uh, and I'm going to launch a WordPress site. They can click a button, launch a WordPress site. And what I feel is like what Chris and many other folks are leaning into in the hosting space is we'll have these ready-built websites for you. So in the case of membership sites, uh, you know, they'll click of a button and you'll have all your membership plugins ready to go, ready to host uh, without all of the fuss of going to, well, folks like you or searching the directory and knowing which pieces of the puzzle they have to put together as the end user. And, um, you know, controlling that experience for, you know, for the better of the customer. It's less stress for the customer, less head scratching. Uh, but it could eventually take money out of, you know, your pocket from someone never having to search for Paid Memberships Pro because they clicked a button, they got uh, you know, a, another membership plugin powering their website. So your thoughts on the hosting market, creating these experience for customers. I think it makes sense, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, um, all, what do you, I forget, what you about? all these biz, bigger businesses are buying up the smaller businesses and consolidation that's happening in the space makes sense because from, uh, from my perspective, um, there's a couple things. One is like, as our business grows, we kind of need more middle management. We need more kind of structure. Um, you know, I, I sometimes joke like, oh, the next, you know, four hires are like, you know, like a lawyer, an accountant and an HR person. And it's like not really stuff that like you, you see like actually producing in the company. Um, and so like it's for companies of our size, it's like, oh, instead of doing that, you know, just, you know, sell yourself to a bigger company and adopt, you know, their management team. So that's enticing, like from a business perspective. Um, but then also like hosting, like a hosted version of a product makes a lot of sense. Um, we capture all these customers and a lot of them already have a website or they're transitioning, but some of them don't. And it's like kind of weird to be like, okay, well, like go build a website and then come back to me. Um, or like we start to like help them earlier in the process and we're like, you know, hey, we could take, it's really then tempting the business opportunity of like, instead of $300 a year, take like $100 a month and give them like a standard hosting package. It makes our support a little bit easier in the sense that like, we know exactly like, you know, how they're set up. We kind of cancel a lot of issues. Um, but then we have all these hosts, like hosts have, I, whenever people say, just do that. I'm like, that's actually really hard. Like, you know, I'd have to like, you know, help support people's email and, uh, you know, caching on their server and like when they want to do crazy things and if they get hacked and the security and I was like, we'd have to figure all that out. And the hosts have already figured that out. So it makes sense to partner with them. So that's like our perspective. And then I think on the host side, like hosting has become commoditized. So they need things to differentiate themselves from their competition. And they need kind of product people, like both the products themselves, but also I think the personnel is important too. Like we need people who can like think from a product perspective um, 
to build solutions for the end users. Like I think, you know, the, some of the host and I mean, they had some really great people inside, but they need more of those people, you know, thinking into that way. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm in alignment with, with Lemma that, you know, a lot of end users don't, they're not buying hosting. They're not buying WordPress or paid memberships pro. They're like, you know, build me a, a you know, a trade association website or build me, you know, like a website for my business guru business or build me a newsletter subscription website. And if we can connect with the customer at that experience, you know, like it's a, it's a more direct sale. And part of that, like a huge part of that stack is the host and, you know, you know, they fill it with the product. So it all makes sense to me, I guess. So just lots of competition coming at you everywhere. <laughs> you have other free plugins competing with you in the, the WordPress repo. Now you potentially have web hosts coming with prepackaged membership plugins. You have standalone membership software as a service solutions that are out there already. Tons of competition. Have you ever just thought about like picking up your toys from this playground and going and building your own playground and doing the hosted route uh, and going that maybe more traditional software as a service model with paid memberships, bro? Yeah. Uh, so we're still now committed. Like yeah, our goal is to be the default membership platform for WordPress sites. Um, like if you are going to do memberships on WordPress, like we should be in in the consideration. Like we should be one of the ones that you think about using. Um, and we're, like I said, we're not going to always be the perfect fit, but we're good. And we're, we're pretty tied to WordPress. Like it is tempting, but like I said, to kind of, you know, build a hosted solution because there's like, when you do the math in a spreadsheet, there's kind of money there. And then it's kind of a simpler experience for the customers. Um, but to do that well, we'd have to kind of joint venture with at least joint venture with a hosting company or someone who knows how to handle that, I think. Um, which is like a little daunting. And like, whenever we really toy with those ideas, I feel like I'm taking my eye off the ball. You know, it's kind of like the, the core business we have is, isn't stable enough that, you know, to take all that attention away and try to like build, you know, basically competing business. Um, so we're like really focused on WordPress. And I I feel like WordPress like has a spot, like definitely like the competition, you know, like Stripe itself is a competitor. Like when we built Stripe integration, we were like probably the first, membership plugin um i almost said like e-commerce plugin i don't know like we really jumped on stripe really early um probably when they were like beta labeled but we built stripe integration and like stripe just handled payments and subscriptions and like if you wanted to cancel your subscription we built a gui for that if you wanted to see your invoices we had a gui for that and we kind of managed everything but now stripe has like um i think it's called like stripe payments or billing i forget how they brand it but it like they have more of that ui on the stripe side um and you can envision a plugin that kind of is way more bare bones than ours, um, that just everything's in Stripe. And like, so like a Stripe, a straight up Stripe WordPress plug, you know, membership plugin, um, could compete with us. Or people just use Stripe. They don't even have to use a WordPress plugin. You know, they just put the button on their site. Um, so there's, there's, a, but anyway, yeah, there's, there's competition like that. And there's other competition of like all in one solutions, but there's always going to want to be a type of site, especially ones that are being built by agencies that need more control, need more flexibility, want more ownership of their data and how things work, want to be able to scale up in a certain way. And kind of like, we're going to just keep trying to target that user, both like on the DIY side, you know, so it's like a lot of stuff is easy to set up, you know, just out of the box and follow our instructions and our videos. Um, and then the beauty of WordPress is it's flexible and you can make it do whatever you want. So it's like, ah, oh, I got a really cool idea to integrate with this thing. And I can get to the code, it's open source, and we can, you know, have a developer do it. So we're always going to be focused on that that user. And we're tempted and we build proof of concepts and we think about it all the time, but we're kind of focused 
actually on like the WordPress experience for now. Let's shift gears just a little bit instead of talking about only the challenges. Uh, assess where you are with the success of your product th through the lens of what you've done with marketing, messaging, content, social. What have you done really well there? And I'm also thinking of, I know what it's like to operate a product, not even just with like my own stuff, but what we do at, at Castos is we're always at that stage like, man, we're just one more, one more feature. If we just had this one more feature, we'd have X more sales or X more downloads or many more customers. And then you get that feature built and you're like, oh, there's, there's one more feature. I just want to add one more feature to this list. When a lot of us should take a step back and say, look, I've got a solid product. I mean, you've been proving it now for eight plus years. Uh, maybe we should be focusing more on messaging, marketing, outreach, distribution, that kind of thing. So where are you with that uh, mental tug of war as a owner and, and product creator? So I guess like to pat myself on the back, we did do a great job of like content marketing, you know, Kim, myself, you know, Travis and other team members that helped like since 2013, we were just constantly blogging and the method that works is like when we get a question, like we're like, oh, let's answer that question, make a blog post where we answer it and put it out on the website. Um, and there was good tips in that area where like, you know, we would always try to generalize the questions, like solve a very specific uh, problem, but don't say like, you know, doing XYZ with paid memberships pro, it's just doing XYZ. Uh, which kind of increases the range of people who like one of our best performing blog posts is like how to name your membership level. And so if you're not using WordPress or paid membership or anything, you just start trying to figure out, do I call them my tribe or my peeps? Or like, you know, like Kim did a bunch of research on like <laughs> what the most common words are and kind of ways to brainstorm it. Um, so that, I mean, that post gets like, I don't know, like a few dozen, a hundred visits a day. And so it's posts like that, that kind of drove traffic. And we, we played the long game with developers in terms of like, I remember talking with agencies and developers, like our solution is the best. You should use it. And they're like, yeah, sure. And then like a year later at a, at a conference, like you're still not using our plugin. And it's like, oh yeah, I mean to do that. And after a while, you like, we've kind of, we've kind of survived into our success, you know? But marketing could be better. Like we, and we're, we're focused on it. We're focused kind of on a lot of stuff, but marketing in general, we just hired like uh, Patrick Rowland to help out with marketing and we're hitting, you know, we're getting off to a good start of trying to figure it out. And there's lots of little things like we, you know, we struggle with like who our audience is because like we're a platform and it's like who uses your website or your, your, your software and you're like all kinds of people. And they're like, you know, the marketers and the business people say like, well, just focus on one, you know, and it's like, well, how do I do that while also keeping a, a, you know, a platform because WordPress did that, Automatic did that with WordPress and WooCommerce did that with WooCommerce. Like they, you know, I was like, we want to still keep a platform, but, but there are things we could do because I was, you know, just think about like, we really are like probably like the easiest way to just charge for access to a post page or category with WordPress and like, our homepage, we'll get into the technical stuff and the, you know, the kind of important stuff. And I was like, oh, there's a customer that just wants to charge $5 for access to a page. And like our homepage doesn't sell that really well to that customer. So we're figuring it out both like, how do we take our levels and make them products and know who the target audience of all those products are and kind of sell that better? And how do we, we also like, there's kinds of all this data collecting we're going to do, like, um, you know, tagging and ConvertKit, or we're, we're switching to ConvertKit, but MailChimp has tags and other ones too, where it's kind of like, hey, if you read this blog post, if you kind of click this button on our site, if you read this email, okay, we can guess that like you don't even have a WordPress site yet and we should just send you our affiliate link for Liquid Web. 
um, you know, <laughs> or something like that. They were like, you know, oh, you're, you're importing from something else. So let's kind of show you, you know, our tools for importing from our co- competition and stuff like that. Um, so kind of gathering more data so that we can send more specifically targeted messages uh, is something that we're working on. And that, that'll probably yeah. help us get to the next level in terms of competing with the other membership plugins. How much do you look at the success of your customers' uh, membership sites? And how does that weigh into the overall success of Paid Memberships Pro? And again, I'll preface this with a couple of things. So at Casso, one of the things I'm always challenged with was, well, if you don't, if you never create a podcast, then I then you'll never be successful with a podcast because you haven't found the time to commit to the podcast. So I can't help you be successful as a podcaster if you can't manage uh, the time commitment you you need to put into creating at least one episode a month. I recently spoke to Dave Rodenbaugh of Recapture.io, sort of the same thing. If his customers aren't selling uh product through their e-commerce store and largely in his world if you don't have a good product or you don't have a good price or a good experience you're not going to buy and how can we reclaim and help you reclaim sales if you're not selling any product how do you measure that in the marketing world of membership sites digital products digital access to content um that seems even harder of a uh, of a challenge because of the, just the wide breadth of that marketplace yeah i mean that is an issue i know um you know, we get like churn stats and we share some of them and I forget exactly where it is, but it's, it's, I think we retain like 60% of people who sign up pay this year, will, six, only 60% will pay next year. And people will be like, oh, SaaS industry standards or something is like higher. Um, and it's like, I'm like, so we've got to, we got to do better. There's stuff we could do better, but I'm like, how many of those just are not in business anymore? <laughs> like, I'm like, you can't get that customer. Like they don't, they're not making money anymore. They're not, you know, no matter what you're going to do, like, you know, their business failed. Um, so that's definitely an issue. Um, there's a couple of things we could do is like, one is like help them. So one thing that's exciting is an update that's coming out for pay memberships pro, which like almost every other e-commerce related WordPress plugin did is how we integrate with Stripe in particular called Stripe connect so that our Stripe account is kind of linked to theirs. Um, so that when we get a percentage of the, the, you know, it's like a half a percent or something of what comes through, um, we're launching this. And, um, so that aligns you with your customer. So it's like, oh, the more money they make, the more money we make. And it's kind of exciting once it gets to scale is that, oh, we could just like put out a seminar for free that helps people do better and be more successful with their business because it's going to benefit us in the end. Um, so that's exciting. The other thing we try to do is, um, potentially focus on customers where that's less of an issue. Like I never got into the, what do they call it? Kind of like the entrepreneur or the kind of like hustle porn or, um, you know, like I'm, I'm not a fan of selling in that way where it's like, I know you don't have a business now, but you know, it's really easy. And like, you can yeah. have a business and make recurring revenue. And I think if you market, and- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like to joke about some, some of those, like, here's a car I bought my mom. Um, yeah. But like, so I think like not marketing to them is like a first step. And instead, like there's, especially in the membership space, like there's associations that like, yeah, we have 5,000 members. We've had 5,000 members every year for the past 20 years. It like never changes. And like, we're just going online. So it's kind of like you can find those businesses that are already successful. Um, and I, I was just saying this too in a, another, like a presentation for like GoDaddy's uh, webinar series that was targeted at agencies. And I think for consulting, it's important too. Like, I mean, if someone wants to give you money to build a website from scratch that may or may not work, like take their money, set their expectations and try to do a good job. But if you focus on customers that, you know, already have a business, already have 
um, you know, some kind of uh, relationship with a potential customer, like they have a mailing list or, you know, um, you know, so, so we, we'll try to focus our marketing on those uh, marketing on those kinds of customers that already have a business that's working, um, which should help that. Like it's when, sometimes when, um, uh, when people are, 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 are complaining and griping because something's difficult about setting up a website, which I, I totally relate to you, by the way, because it's like, I do this for a living. I wrote a book on WordPress, but like I was helping a friend every once in a while. I don't do it for paid, but every, I'll help friends set up websites sometimes. And I'll just be surprised at how hard it is for me. I'm like, this is hard for me. It takes a lot of time. But when people gripe about the effort that's involved, I'm like, did you realize like you're starting a business and it's not easy? Like, I don't know where you got, like, just wait till you, you have your own angry customers or like, you, you know other stuff, you know, you got to deal with taxes and all the random stuff in, in part of business. Speaking of business not being easy, recently talked about this on the WP Minute podcast. Uh, WP Engine did a report that the WordPress economy is like $600 billion, uh, right around that that mark. Lots of talk recently with acquisitions, um, you know, smaller developers picking up even smaller developer plugins, hosting companies like Nexus purchasing every plugin that they can get their hands on. I'm sure this is not done. Uh, automatic acquiring, um, day one journal, like so much acquisition happening in this space. Have you ever thought that, well, maybe we can build a bigger business with PMP if we went that route? We were able to go to Nexus and join them with a membership plugin or WP Engine, that kind of thing. What do what the cards hold for acquisitions or investments in that space? Uh, yeah, we have thought about like acquiring um, other plugins, products. And you, you know what's kind of spurring some of that potentially is that the programmers are in demand. Um, and so, man, it feels... Uh, like I feel bad about it, but I see some products that are yeah. I have, actually I see products that people are side projects that people are doing, and I have a saying that like when they get to a thousand dollars a month, sometimes it's really tough, and they're like, "This isn't enough." You know, I think I'm going to stop. And I'm always like, "No, thousand dollars a month. Like you're halfway to ten thousand dollars a month. Like you're not halfway to two thousand dollars a month. Like all that work you did to like collect any money whatsoever and build up to a thousand. Like usually, if you have a product that's going to fit." Like you're at the time it took you to get to a thousand dollars a month, you're going to get to ten thousand dollars a month. Um, so that's me like pumping up other entrepreneurs and trying to, to push them. At the same time, I'm like, man, if it doesn't work out, that guy's really sharp. <laughs> and like, if he he's 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 kind of shown that he can think product minded and build something. And like, if he can't make enough money to make a living, like, hey, let me like give you a salary and kind of give you a job, you know, and you can build cool stuff for us. So I yeah, I've kind of had that thought um, of like, oh, like some of these product people if it's not working out their side gig like when they look for you know a salaried job like hey we get like a really smart developer that proves that they can ship um and so i think there's some of that mindset at every scale you know i'm sure like you know something some of the size of automatic would just buy people or you know buy business for the people behind it you know um and that's part of liquid but like i said hosting companies want product people um and people who can handle that to kind of you know maintain things um and then like if, if you ask me like any business idea, like, have you considered, like, it's almost funny. Like, yeah, I consider everything, man. Like I love this stuff. I probably have a spreadsheet <laughs> yeah. that models it. And then like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm always talking and like, um, you know, like I can't wait to get back to like the conference circuit and like, you know, having drinks with Chris Lemma late at night, you know, c- cooking up schemes of, 
you know, like, I feel like at one point I said, like, I was like, oh, can I just like sell my company to you and then work on machine learning? I was like nerding out about machine learning. And he was like, I have an idea for machine learning thing. And it was like, yeah. So like, have I talked to Chris Lemo about like quitting my job and like doing machine learning stuff for him? Like that happened once. Um, yeah. But we, we haven't really ever been serious about it. I did take a month earlier in this year where I was like, hey, I'm going to have kind of informal talks, you know, with different people to just see what might happen. And I was like, I gave myself a deadline of a month and made that clear. Um, and at the end of the month, we we're like, no, like the current plan of like, you know, hire really great people, kind of get them hand over the responsibilities that Kim and I have so that we don't have to spend as much time on kind of like maintaining what we have and we can push out in new directions. Like, I like being my own boss. I like having control. And I think we still fit and we, you know, it's good to have independent businesses in the WordPress space. Um, yeah, but like, I mean, this space is valuable and all these companies are valuable. So it's, it's kind of exciting from that sense. I mean, you know, a market is really growing, booming even, is when you see, I saw recently a, a small product that was announced in January of this year, so 2021, already being sold. I mean, it has a nice website, has a nice name, nice brand, it, you know, it looks good, but it probably has less than 100 customers, if that, maybe, I don't know, unless it's really doing much better than I, I thought it would be, already for sale. And like in the back of my mind, I already know that somebody's going to buy that. <laughs> Uh, there was, uh, on Startups of the Rest of Us, uh, Rob Walling had, I think he tweeted something or somebody sent him an email. I, I forget where it was, but somebody who was doing like 80,000 ARR in their business sold for one point something million. And it's almost like if you're a product maker, developer, this is almost like your way in you know, to get acquired. So it's like, it's almost like the absolute best sort of resume. So if you can build like a micro product, get some traction and then turn to a business that you would actually like to work for. And there is some synergy between your little product and their big product. You could even sell that to them as like a signing bonus almost like here, I've already proven this and I've got a customer base that comes with me and I can develop it for you. Uh, it's an interesting world for the small product creator uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's analogous to like how not, you know, programmers and people who can build products are in demand, like people who can, you know, build engaging podcasts are in demand. And there's like a big gap between like building it and then making money for it and, you know, running a business. And I'm, I'm spoiled that like I have Kim as a partner who is like CEO of the company and like get stuff done and can handle, you know, a lot of the, the business end and the accounting and stuff like that. And, like we get help for a bunch of individual things, but it's like, if I was like just me by myself as like, I'm, I'm a pretty creative person. I can like build stuff and think strategically and stuff, but like actually like keeping the business running and not falling apart. Like I, I would have been lost like years ago without someone like him. So um, it's hard. Yeah. To make that leap from building something cool that people can use to like making enough money on it to make it your day job, but it's still really hard to make, you know, a compelling podcast. So yeah, I'm with you like people and there's demand like, you know, yeah. Instead of finding someone and hoping they can build a, re a podcast, you know, the resumes they have already, you know, shipped a podcast. Jason Coleman, everybody, Jason, where can folks find you to say thanks? Yeah. So I'm on Twitter, Jason underscore Coleman. Um, and my blog is the real Jason Coleman.com. And yeah, we got a courses add-on that's shipping in a week or two. And we have a big like uh, 2.6 update to paid memberships pro, which is wrapping up some, some features. And um, 
uh, it's got better Stripe integration, you know, that's going to be good there. Fantastic stuff. Everyone else, Mariport.com, Mariport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. Don't forget to tune in to your weekly dose of WordPress news in five minutes or less at the WP Minute dot com.